Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your host, Jim and Chuck. And Chuck, we're back. It's fun to say that. Uh, I guess summer has officially kicked off. Memorial Day here in the States is over. We took a break. We barbecued. We got rained out. Uh, But we're back. We're back. And um, we're sorry about the wait. But, you know, we have lives and we're ready to talk geeky because that's what we got on this episode. We've got a couple things. Um, Some Netflix uh, news. I mean... This episode, I was telling you this about two minutes ago, this episode should be sponsored by Netflix because uh, we're doing them yeah. a favor with our newsroom today and for the next two weeks because after this week, uh, we're going to be talking about two Vertigo slash DC properties that are now streaming on Netflix uh, in Sweet Tooth and Lucifer. So if you haven't watched them, Sweet Tooth has one series or one season and Lucifer has six or what, five seasons? So get get to bingin'. But before that, let's kind of dive into a trailer that's coming out less than a month, July 2nd on Amazon Prime, and it's called The Tomorrow War, and it stars Chris Pratt, Betty Gilpin, who, you know, I had pegged for every single female superhero role out there ever, and um, it's... You wanted her for... She-Hulk, uh, she uh, Spider-Woman, I wanted her for everything, um, and it makes sense. I mean, she's... A very tall, athletic-looking, in-shape woman. So, and she's pretty. So, it would have been a great role. But she's in this movie, The Tomorrow War, which is exactly that—a war set in the future tomorrow. Um, what did you think of this trailer? Because this kind of was in. This was supposed to be in theaters, believe this past December. COVID happened. Obviously, mm-hmm. nothing goes to theaters. Then it was rescheduled to be in theaters this year, this December. And then they're like, ah, oh, you know what? Let's just put it on Prime. And this was before Amazon Prime pulled out their big boy wallet and bought MGM. So what do you think of this uh, this trailer and this movie in general? I think it looks good. It looks like a summer blockbuster. A lot of action. Decent story. And, you know, Chris Pratt can hold his own as the leading man. We've, we've seen that in, you know, several projects that he's done. And it's got a good supporting cast. Like you said, Betty Gilpin. Um... It also has J.K. Simmons and uh, Yvonne Strafoski. Like, Your girl. it's got a decent. Yeah, I do like. Haven't it. heard that name uh, in a while, and you can. You, it's the I, only foreign name that you can pronounce right. Well, yeah, because I just stare at her picture and yeah, pronounce her name. Sort out through her garbage. <laughs> and not only that, she has two tough names, and I got it right. But Yvonne's not a tough name. But for I, me, it you is. know, <laughs> the boy can't read. I get it. It's all right. <laughs> it looks good. Like I said, the premise looks. Looks, I wouldn't say super original, but it looks good. Uh, but the action, like it, the action and the special effects, look really good. We're getting a, you know, summer blockbuster at home. Yeah, this is a movie that I wouldn't have gone seen in theaters. Uh, this yeah, is a movie that not. I wouldn't have went to see in theaters. That last sentence was not English, uh, but this is a movie that I will see from the comforts of my home. Uh, this isn't a blockbuster in theaters to me. This is a fun action movie, th- especially in this summer. That's not competing with anything in theaters. Marvel's back. Disney's dominating everything. You know, uh, that's our episode today. If I haven't said it, we're talking Cruella. This is a movie that kind of reminds me of uh, what's that? Live, die, repeat. Edge of Tomorrow or Edge of Destruction? I thought of that and um, Independence what was Day. The one where- no, what the was the wave? one with Aaron, Aaron Eckhart? Uh, L.A. Oh, Battlefield L.A. 
Yeah. Yeah, it it's hard. So we kind of just strengthened my argument a little bit. It seems repetitive. And I think Chris Pratt needed his big alien shoot him up, blast him up, non-Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy role. Like, you know, he needed, like, Chris um, Chris Hemsworth went and did 12 Strong, where he's, you know, the Marine on the horse, and he did Red Dawn, and, you know, Chris Pratt's got fighting dinosaurs, now he's fighting aliens. So he needed this movie. Again, I'm glad this is coming to streaming. This didn't, like, blow me away budget-wise with graphics and stuff. It looks like I've seen it before. But I'm going to watch it, because I like Chris Pratt. I think he's a good actor, and the more action movies, the better. I don't want to see him in a movie where that's going to be like, you know, his wife's got cancer in the future, and he's got to go back in time and, you know, invent the cure for cancer. I don't want to see that. I want to see this. I want to see him fighting meaningless aliens, preventing a war that's not going to happen in our real life in 30 years, and also hang out with Omni-Man for a bit. Yeah. Which, by the way, did you see that Mortal Kombat... It, the Ed Boon from Mortal Kombat is totally game for an Omni Man downloadable character in Mortal Kombat. Really? I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I think uh, Robert Kirkman needs to get right on that and say, "How about you just add like all my Walking Dead characters, all my Invincible characters, uh, everything else that I'm working on? Yeah, you just add it in there. That'd be that'd be so amazing and would spread the word for more image uh, comics battle." Stuff. Battle Beast. Yeah, Battle Beast would be amazing. Like, a video game with Battle Beast would be phenomenal. I but, would, t- like, if they put two in there, I would be fine with Omni Man and Battle Beast. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't need, like, Adam Eve, who's a dope character, or, like, uh, Rexploit. I don't need them. But the Battle Beast and Omni Man are made for, and Damien Darkblood, are, they're all made for that game, which would be, yeah. and Titan. Titan would be pretty dope, too. I mean, anything that's going to bring more light to Image Comics in a positive way, I'm here for. Let's go to something Mm -hmm. that brought the Image Comics light in a negative way. And this, again, goes into Netflix universe. More specifically, the Miller World. Jupiter's Legacy, a series that we trekked through eight hours. We recorded about an hour's worth of an episode two weeks after it comes out canceled um i'm surprised but not surprised we talked about it we aired our grievances uh what's taking its place is a live action super crooks tv series and an anime super crooks because netflix is like trying to put their flag in american anime it's going to take that place hopefully the folks at miller world kind of learn their lesson and say let's focus on story building and spacing and not just give you a bits and pieces and of a 200 million dollar budget series mm-hmm. what did you think about this news i know you texted me and you're like well that's over yeah i i was kind of surprised it got canceled so quickly two weeks man that's the quickest thing like october fashion got like six months before it was canceled <laughs> yeah you know was jupiter legacy great no was it good enough to watch of course but I was really surprised, like, boom, right off the bat, they were like, okay, it's canceled. And they were like, oh, by the way, it's just going to be an anthology series. You know, so the next one is Super Crooks. And I'm like, to me, that cheapens it because, like, okay, it's in, you weren't going into it as an anthology series. When you have an anthology series, one season is you have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah, American Horror Story. 
American Horror Story, them. Yeah. Uh, you know, those have beginning, middles, and ends in the, in the season. This had a beginning, a somewhat middle, and no end. A cliffhanger. So, like, it had a cliffhanger. Yeah. Like, you don't end a series, an anthology series, with, like, hey, we'll be back next week. And psych. Like, it's okay that they cancel, but don't call it an anthology series because you're not going to get any answers from what happened. Yeah. So, to me, that cheapens the anthology series idea because it wasn't an anthology. Like, if you, if they said from the get-go, this is going to be an anthology series and it's going to be set in, you know, the same universe but different stuff each season, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. But they didn't do that. They said, oh, this is going to be, remember what they said, like Lord of the Rings type. Uh, Dude, let, let's know, start right there. Odyssey. Let's start there for a second. $200 million budget. This is the yeah. highest budgeted show on in Netflix history. Mm-hmm. I, one, don't think we got $200 million worth of budgeting in that show. We talked about yeah. it. I said the CGI was choppy. The fact that they are calling it an, an anthology is a refusal to admit that they had a bad property. Yep. It's a refusal to say that they mismanaged a series that could have been up there with the boys. It's also saying that we're, we're not confident in season two. We don't know if we'll ever have a season two. So the high-paying actors that we do have, Leslie Bibb, um, Josh Dumal, I know Dorito Nacho Fries are coming back for the summer. They're going to need their spokesperson. We have to release these people and say, all right, that's it. They, they've te- they fired them. Everyone was shocked. And they're like, well, we might come back. They're never going to come back. Jupiter's Legacy, like, I don't ever want to see season two after this cancellation because it just proves that they didn't really care about the property to begin with. They put $200 million into it. They said, all right, we'll make that back in a week and then move on. Super Crooks is next. I don't get it. I don't get it. But let's let's kind of keep going with Netflix because, again, they have a geeked week. And here, you and I, the active geeks, are the ones who have to break this news that in the middle (laughs) of the week, Netflix is doing their geeked week between 12 and 2 weekdays on Twitter. Perfect time. For, like, the kids who are in school and the adults who are working, for them to talk about their shows. We're recording this on Monday, so the stuff that we talk about now has already been passed, and maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. They're giving first looks on a bunch of things. They're talking about a lot of things. They talked about a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Um, Liam Neeson's an ice road trucker. He's got a movie now. Jason Momoa's got a movie. Like, everything's happening at Netflix. They're talking to Zack Snyder. Rahul Kohli is hosting it, which is awesome. Anything that he's in, I love. Yeah. What are some things that you're looking forward to? I think we kind of would probably have the same thing, but I want to hear what you're looking forward to because next week we're going to talk about what they dropped and what we thought about it. But, you know, as the active geeks, we need to do Netflix, billion-dollar company, a favor by spreading the word for them. So any royalties go to us. Yeah, I wish. Um, yeah, so there's some properties that I'm I'm looking forward to, some new properties and some properties that we know is, uh, you know, getting a, a new season and, you know, I would like to see first looks and trailers and stuff like that. So some of the properties, this new movie that came out, they just acquired it is uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. Yeah, with my girl, Karen Gillan. Yeah, and uh, Lena Headley, like, it's just like a bunch of female badass assassins so yeah it's a mother daughter assassin movie which is great yeah so i'm looking forward to that um of course returning stuff like cobra kai 
Umbrella Academy, The Witcher. Stranger Things. Lucifer, you know, season six. Um, So I'm excited to all see that. And then new properties such as uh, The Sandman. Hopefully we get something. You know, we got some casting last week. We got a lot of frustration over some castings. Yeah. The world Um, imploded because they included pronouns. Like, the fact, like, the the crazy thing about that is, like, I didn't even put that on the news ever. Because I didn't want to get angry, but here we are. It's Godzilla versus King Kong all over again. There was more news about Neil Gaiman putting out a casting list with pronouns on it than there was that they gender-bent Constantine. You know what I mean? Yeah. More people are, are outraged because of the pronouns. And they're not focusing on an iconic character is going to get a whole new take and the possibilities with that. You know what I mean? Jenna Coleman's a great actress. I think that that's a great casting for a gender-bent Constantine. Am I Was I hoping for like a Taron Egerton Constantine from the audiobooks or a Matt Ryan joining that universe? Yeah, of course I was. Who isn't? But that casting, if they're going that way, that's huge news. And people are just like, oh, well, you know, they use pronouns. We know Patton Oswalt goes by he slash him. It's on his Twitter. Like We get that, but like that's the world we live in. We're progressive now. So... They're putting it out there to to not get any negative press, and they got negative press. It's a lose-lose. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. So newer properties, Sandman. Yep. Resident Evil. Yep. Master Universe Revelation. We've already saw some stills. Hopefully we get a trailer. Yeah, um, I am going to echo everything you said. That's all I want. Um, plus, with a little side note or like sub-footer, I want to see some stuff that we don't know that they have. Yeah. Like, I didn't know they had a Jason Momoa show come, or movie coming out. I didn't know they had no. John claude Van Damme in their back pocket. Like, I didn't think that was happening. We saw a little bit of Vikings Valhalla, a new series there. But I want to see stuff that we don't know that they've bought. Like, or, or what? Stu- yeah, like, or stuff like that they've announced years ago. More Miller stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the Luther Strode movies have been out there forever that they've been talking about. Maybe Netflix bought that. Like, I'd like to see... Netflix come out of nowhere and say, hey, guys, we bought Spawn. Yeah. And we're putting like, out that Todd McFarlane Spawn joint. Like, the stuff I said is stuff I know that they're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, because they advertised for it. You know, it's the same exact thing for me. Like, I want to see I want to see The Witcher, and I want to see The Witcher Bloodlines. Like, I want to see all that. Of course I want to see Henry Cavill, you know, flexing with a big white wig on. Who doesn't? I want to see him. I've watched him build a computer for four hours. But well, I did watch, has. I did watch like the first twenty minutes, and you talked about the ice road chucker or the ice road, and then uh, the Momoa. But one that looked interesting was a uh, blood red sky. Yeah, that does look really good. It looks like a B movie. Yeah, and Kate, Kate kind of looks good too. I didn't see that yet. Yeah, Kate looks pretty good. But we'll talk about all that stuff next week. Hopefully, yeah. we do get some surprises. I'd like to see like more Miller stuff for sure. But like, I don't know. I'd like to see something that's not comic book related out of left field something that like oh i didn't even know that was yeah like be made like an ice road movie like that's not geeky are are we geeked up about an ice road movie no probably not but i'd like to see them say like we've got something that you've been wanting but you don't know about spawn would be amazing but i don't think it's ever they got the money they do yeah but they'll probably ruin that like they did jupiter's legacy all (laughs) right but let's talk about comics we have trace and i'll breeze through these three of them uh we got the first one it's called 
The Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton by Kyle Starks with art from Chris Schweizer. For fans of Chew and Assassin Nation comes an all-new action mystery series from Eisner Award nominees Chris Schweizer from Krogan Adventures and Kyle Starks from Sex Castle. The world's most unlikable action star has been found dead, and his previous TV sidekicks are looking to solve the mystery. But how can you catch a murderer when almost everyone hated the victim? Now these sidekicks are going to learn what it means to be the stars of the show. That's it. If any of them survive the stuntman war. It sounds cool. It sounds like if uh, it sounds like a comic book version of Who Killed Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. Yeah, it, do- it does sound pretty neat. And there's a preview on previewsworld.com. Also, uh, could be a sponsor, but no free shout-outs. I read it. I liked it. I'm going to get it. Now let's go to Marvel, because just like we did with Future State, Marvel's got a huge event that's going nowhere, and it's called Heroes Reborn, Squadron Savage. <laughs> uh, it's written by Ethan Sachs with art from Luca Pizzari, and Elektra leads a team of the world's deadliest heroes and villains with all of reality hanging in the balance. I saw the cover for this, and it's pretty dope. Uh, wait till you see this team. There are some threats that require a more savage approach than a Squadron Supreme of America can offer. For those missions, the Department of Defense has put together a team consisting of Elektra, the Punisher, Crossbones, Cloak, and the enigmatic Murder Hornet. They must fight their way through a team of superpowered terrorists known as the Redeemers if they don't kill one another first. Prepare for twists, turns, double crosses, and action aplenty. I think this is the only one that you're going to get. Are you going to get this one? I I got the first Heroes Reborn, but uh, no, this one sounds pretty cool. Um, it kind of sounds they just kind of like took some of the Savage Avengers and just yeah, mi- you know, mix it together because you got Electra in it and you got um, the Punisher. Would you say Punisher? Yeah, Frank Castle. So it it, it seems cool. Uh, Mur- Murder Hornet, uh, not someone I'm not familiar with. But I think it's it a brand awesome. new character uh, based off of the you know 2020 scare of Murder Hornets. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool, though. If, if it's not, honestly, man, what a missed opportunity for Murder Hornet to get a comic right when the pandemic broke out and everybody was afraid of Murder Hornets. Like, that's a missed opportunity, but I'm going to get this. Um, I said it's going nowhere. I'm actually enjoying the Heroes Reborn stuff more than I did DC Future State just because, like, I wasn't a huge, like, Power Princess fan or, like, Blur fan. Uh, you know, I know the song Blur from Blur, like song two, but I wasn't a yeah. huge Blur superhero fan because I thought they were always kind of like a cheesy version of the Justice League. And they are, but I do enjoy them. So that's a good series if you're looking for something. And then finally, it's Pride Month, Chuck. You know that. You've seen, we're going to Crossroads in Pittman, New Jersey, and all you see are the Pride flags. And I'm like, man, it's beautiful. So DC is making a DC Pride book. It's $10 this month. It's a big one. It's a compendium. It's, or not compendium. It's a huge anthology story. And it celebrates Pride Month with nine all-new stories starring fan favorite LGBTQIA plus characters. Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, Midnighter, Extrano, Batwoman, Aqualad, Alan Scott, Obsidian, Future State Flash, Renee Montoyo, Pied Piper, and many more. This anthology will also feature the thrilling introduction of new hero Dreamer from the DCU, as seen on TV's, uh, on the, as seen on the CW's Supergirl. And I believe the actress who plays Dreamer also wrote this story with Dreamer, oh, which is pretty that's dope. cool. Yeah, and it will also feature a pinup gallery with art from Travis Moore, Chris Anka. Kevin Wada, Sophie 
Campbell, Nick Robles, and more, and six exciting new profiles of DC TV's LGBTQIA plus characters and the actors who play them. Also, our boy Steve Orlando is going to be in this as well um, because of Midnighter. He's the one who really popularized Mid- Midnighter through DC, and uh, he's going to have a little story in there, so that's awesome. They're my pick of the week, Chuck. Let's dive into Spoilerville. It's been a yeah. while since you and I have sat down and have discussed Disney. Yeah, because they haven't put anything out. Like, we didn't review Raya and the Last Dragon. Which, by the um, way, one of my favorites. It, it's really good. Loved um, it. Loved it. You know, I want to say it. I would love for a Raya and Moana team-up movie. That'd be cool. I'd, I would, I'd buy it. I'd watch it. I'd wear a shirt. I I love both of those movies. I'd, you know, catch me in my car listening to the Moana. I'm screaming it down the down you know Green Tree Road in Washington Township. Uh, but anyway, we're going to talk 1970s London today. We're going to break down Cruella de Vil, a.k.a. just the Cruella movie. We're going to break down the Cruella live-action movie prequel starring Emma Stone, Emma Thompson, Joel Fry, Paul Walter Hauser, Wink, and Mark Strong. So let's kind of just like dive into it. And again, if you haven't spent the $30 on Disney Premier Access or found it illegally, we're going to break down Cruella and we're going to review it and we're going to spoil it. So spoilers be warned. Going into this movie, I know you and I have talked about this. So we really, we set an expectation that it looked good. We didn't know if this movie was needed. But having seen it, I spent the $30. um, I'll start by saying that I really enjoyed the movie. Um, from the tone, the cinematography was beautiful. The way it was shot was amazing. The score was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, that might have been like Guardians of the Galaxy esque. You know what I mean? Where I'm like every yeah. scene, there's a new song, and I'm singing it, and I'm like, man, this is a goddamn good story, goddamn good soundtrack. Um, this, in my mind, and this might be a hot take, this is. The definition of a Disney classic to me. This is something that I will go back five years from now and rewatch. What I, do you, I, where do you stand? Is that a is that a hot take? Am I the only one? I don't know. I think it's. I think it needs to set in a little more. Okay. Um, I've watched it you know, twice. I, I watched it once, but going into it, I was kind of like, eh, like yeah, you didn't think she it. could do an English accent. You had a very low bar on this. You thought it was like, I, oh, that chick from Superbad is going to be in this movie. Like, I'm not, no. I know, obviously, <laughs> Emma Stone. And, and she is a, a decent actress. But, uh, great actress. like, when I first heard this, I was like, okay, one, I don't need it. Yeah. Um, you know, two, because Glenn Close was amazing as Cruella DeVille back in the 90s. Yep. Uh, in 101 and 102 Dalmatians. So, I'm like, you know, don't. Don't touch it. Like, yeah. even though it's a completely different story, you know, it's an origin story and a period piece. And I was like, no, I don't. Two I don't things want... that you love. I do. I do. And and it was dark and gritty. Chuck, this has, your, this has your name written all over it. It should have been called it does. Chuck, Chuck DeVille. And, and the thing is, so, like, I was like, okay, we'll see it. Were we going to see it in theaters? A hundred percent. True. You know, that was that was something like most Disney movies we go see in theaters. 
Yeah. So this was definitely something when – it was a no-brainer. So when they were like, oh, Disney Premier Access, and we're like, okay, like we're definitely going to get it. So uh, we watched it on Memorial Day, and I was pleasantly surprised. Like I was I – w- I would say blown away. Yeah. Not that I was blown away that, oh, my God, this is the greatest movie ever. I was blown away because it exceeded my expectations. Yeah. This is leaps and bounds. This is possibly top three movies that I've seen this year so far that I've enjoyed. Yeah, it was two of them are Disney movies because the other one was Orion and the Last Dragon. I loved it. So, like you were saying, like the soundtrack, phenomenal. Yep. Every time I was like, oh, this song's good. Oh, this is awesome. I never thought that Cruella could be set in the punk revolution london error but it worked yeah i mean listen it, this here's the big thing and i texted you you said something about this i talked to a friend of the show dion and um i got disney devil wears prada vibes from this oh 100 like i got that vibe when i saw it in or saw the trailer yeah and you um, like you can't escape that you know mm-hmm. it's she's a fashion designer by nature she works for a, a w- evil woman you know, there's there, it's there, but it's separated itself from the Devil Wears Prada. You know, yeah. just like the the side stories, the side characters. You know, let's we'll go into the acting. The Emmas were amazing, as always. Yes, uh, Emma Thompson is maybe one of the most underrated actresses out there. Uh, she wins awards and everything, but I don't think people know her name. She's so versatile. Yeah, and. Because we're watching it, and I told E.G., I said, you know who that is? She goes, no. I said, it's Nanny McPhee. Yeah. And she was in Harry Potter. And yeah. she was like, what? And I was like, no. Like, because she... She's the definition know, no, of an actress. And yeah, definitely. Because she submerses herself into these roles. And like Nanny McPhee. You know, each of those roles that I mentioned looks nothing like how she actually, actually yeah. looks like. This movie, she looks probably closer to how she really looks. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. I uh, just done up more. Yeah, I think a lot of people get her confused with Olivia Coleman, and a lot, like I think I even made the you know the the mistake by saying that they've been in a movie together, and I was like, oh wait, that's Olivia Coleman that I'm thinking. I thought of the favorite. I thought they were both in the yeah. favorite. But yeah, Emma Emma Thompson, fantastic. Emma Stone, you know, she had 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 been one of my you know celebrity crushes oh. for like 15 years, um, but. Besides them, Joel Fry and Paul Walter Hauser, my man, Stingray, I R- Richard Jewell, love him. Tanya Harding's bodyguard, he was the shining star of this movie. Him and Wink, the one-eyed little dog. Yeah. They stole every scene that they were in. It might have been because they were Tottenham Hotspur fans for from uh, you know English soccer, and I love it. I just every scene they were in was fantastic, and then Mark Strong was as good as always. Yeah, Mark Strong did not play a bad guy. No, I you thought he was going to. <laughs> I totally did. I was like, oh, he's up to. And then because I kept again, we were kind of talking about this where Mayor of Easttown with um, Guy Pierce, yep. like, and they kind of underutilize him. Like they're not going to put Mark Strong in a secondary character. He's got to have a bigger role. He's a and butler. He, has, he was a butler. Yeah. And but he was the one that saved Estella. Yeah, dude. When, when first of all, when the Baroness just straight up lit that house on that whole building on fire to kill Cruella, 
I was like, damn, like this is dark. Yeah. This is super dark. And like she's like, I don't care who's in it. Like you stole my dog's poop out of necklace. I'm killing your whole lineage, and not realizing like, hey, I'm your your mother. You know, she didn't know that far yet. That was a good good little twist. Like I knew there was some kind of twist. I thought Mark Strong was the dad. Okay, I thought that the Baroness. Well, I I thought whoever was talking to her, air quote mother, before she got killed by Dalmatians, was her grandmother. Yeah. And then I saw the Baroness. And I was like, man, she's a little too young to be her grandmother. I was like, maybe that's her mother, because maybe you know she had like a kid that she wanted to get aborted, which pretty much you know she kind of wanted to. And then she's yeah, like, you know, she, just actually kill this kid after I give birth to it. Yeah, she told Mark Strong to kill the kid. Yeah, take care of and it. And I was like, I was like, oh. Yeah, this is, the, this is the Disney movie. He gave it to one of the, the nannies or yeah. whatever she was. No, a, she, was just a, part, a maid. she was a maid, yeah. The mother dying on that cliff, I, I, when, like, the dogs charged her, I was like, shit. Like, this movie got dark. She, like... I, was murked by Dalmatians, full charge, pushed over a bridge. And then when they revealed that the Baroness was using the dog whistle, oh my god, layers yeah. upon layers. I thought that was great. Yeah, but go back to Paul Walter Hauser. Dude, like I told you before, like he, one, did a great English accent. Mm-hmm. And he played Jasper perfectly. Like Jasper in in the original cartoon and in the original um movies with Glenn Close played that bumbling idiot and he not not saying against his character but like he plays that well yeah and he's got a time um, for sure did you see where who he said he wants to play I think I did but I can't remember it he wants to play Chris Farley in a bio yes I did see that um I'd like to see it but I feel like the Chris Farley fan base is borderline cult yeah and if he doesn't get the mannerisms down he's going to be crucified and i love paul uh well i can't say love i don't really know him but i think he's a great person great actor he crushes it at stingray i need more of him i've already said i want an entire solo series of stingray the janitor like he just works at a school because he knows kids from karate thought i want that uh but yeah he was amazing in this um yeah what was your favorite part of this was it just like the the general twists and turns that this took you on, was it the score? Was it like just the the dark like where she's like she's just a punk. She's like a gutter punk that's just like yeah. rolling out of a dump a trash truck with like a dress made out of garbage and old fabric. But like, what was your part? Was it was it David Bowie as her fashion designer? Yeah, I was like, that was, he looked just like David. Artie. One of the coolest scenes that I thought, and I thought it was so clever, is when Estella was making this beautiful dress and they were like this is amazing and they were like we need to hide these so cruella doesn't get to them so they put them in the vault and they were freaking moth eggs yeah that was wild i'm like she's making a whole dress out of pizza she really is committed to this this bullshit life and then it hatched i was like oh that is that was one of the most clever things i've seen in the movie in a long time yeah that was good i thought that was perfect writing perfect execution like you know how can they show that you know how can estella slash cruella get ruin these things for the baroness and it was like well 
make a dress out of moth eggs. Yeah. And I was like, that was unbelievably well written. Yeah. And so that um, that was my favorite part. And then just again, the tone, the the punk revolution, the music, when Cruella did that, you know, kind of guerrilla fashion shoot yeah. in the middle of the square in front of uh, the Baroness's big gala. Yeah. Like, that was awesome. Yeah. I, the one thing I will ha- – I have complaints, and it's just – it's this. I think this might be one of my only complaints, is that they really just went full into the heel turn. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Estella had reasons to hate the Baroness. We know that. But she became the Baroness. Um, and quickly, too, like even to the people that she cared about. And they even call her out. They're like, you're being a real dickhead about this. Like, we yeah. want Estelle, you know, you can be Estelle in the streets, but Cruella in the sheets. Like, that, we want you to be nice to us because we're the people that helps you. Like, we're your family. And she became like, she became a dickhead. And I think that they yeah. leaned in too far with that. I think that that needed to, like, I would have liked to see Estelle still be there or Estella still be there and gradually lose her but she as soon as she became cruella it was game over you know she even had yeah. a funeral for estella which was cool like yeah. it's it's very bipolar it's very like multi um god disassociative identity disorder it's very multiple personalities but i think they leaned in a little too hard for that and they just they turned cruella into just a like the great value brand baroness for most of the movie and then she became like the the name brand stuff and baroness became great value but that might be my only complaint. Should this get a sequel? Um, I've been reading that it's already in development, but I want to see where where you set where you think this sits. Oh, one hundred percent. As soon as I was like, "This got to get a sequel," and um, they have announced it, and uh, Greg Gillespie is uh, doing it. He's uh, signed on to do it again. So that's awesome. Yeah, and they definitely set like they honestly they set it up with the secret scene. You know what I mean? Where the end credit scene, you're scrolling through it, and you're like, what's going to happen? And they obviously had Anita Darling in there. They obviously had Roger. Like, in the beginning, I'm like, I, they said Anita. I was like, bam, 101 Dalmatians is coming right after this. And then they get they get Roger's a lawyer, and I forgot. Like, I honestly forgot that Roger was a lawyer. So, like, I was just kind of dealing with I thought he was just, like, a poor musician. And then when he's playing the piano at the end, I'm like, oh, my God, it make, absolutely makes sense. Um, so you have Anita, you have Roger, she delivers Pongo and Purdy. It's you know obviously setting up 101 Dalmatians, but I think that's too fast. Kind of like where I said that they leaned in with the heel turn. I think if they just mm-hmm. go from Cruella to 101 Dalmatians, this movie's not going to matter as much as it should in the you know the live action lore. I think what yeah. needs to happen is the next one. This needs to be a trilogy, to be honest with you. The next one needs to be the rise of Cruella after the Baroness and the betrayal of Anita to Cruella, setting up the revenge factor. She can't just deliver Dalmatians and be like, well, I hate you now. I hate you both. Yeah. Like, you helped me get where I am. I downloaded, I gave you these dogs. I gifted them to you, these Dalmatians. I need to kill them now. Like, that's too deep. And they're not going to go into, like, I gave you these because you need to raise them. Have 100 babies. And I'm going to turn them all into coats and blankets. Like, they can't do that. So I think you need to have Cruella establish another villain. And that villain can be Annie or Anita and Roger because they're trying to take her down, whatever. 
And then the third movie is the live-action 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, one thing that I forgot to tell you about, and I was thinking when you were talking about the original cartoon, is the iconic scene of her driving the car yeah. and looks all mad. Like, they did that perfectly. Yeah, they did. Yeah. and um, All right, so speaking of the car, did you get Han Solo vibes when they said they named her Cruella DeVille after the car? No. I did. Because, like, when they're like, oh, what's that car called? It's called DeVille. Oh, spelled devil. That's my new last name. It's kind of like when Han Solo got Solo from yeah. being a loner. So I was like, oh, yeah, I no, Disney. I didn't think of that. It's like, Disney, you're repeating but yeah, yourself. When, that's when, um, yeah, Jasper, or not Jasper, Horace was like, it's called devil. Yeah. And she's like, DeVille. And I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah, here we go. So last question that we're going to get out of here. How does this stack up with the other Disney live-action movies? Um, I don't think it was the best. Okay. But I would put it in the top three. Okay. Um, Jungle Book, Beauty and the Beast, Cruella? No. One that doesn't get love, and I loved it, was Pete's Dragon. Yeah, Pete's Dragon is the truth, right? That's such a good one. Robert Redford's fantastic. And Bryce Dallas Howard, so good. Uh, yeah, man, uh, I'm kind of with you. Uh, in terms of the live live actions and not the jungle book and lion king because they have like between those two movies mm-hmm. they have one person in it um yeah i enjoyed this one the most so i'm putting this in all the live action ones including jungle book and lion king if i were to rank the top 5 it would be jungle book cruella beauty and the beast peach dragon maleficent my top three was Jungle Book, Peace Dragon, this, this, and then if I do a five, would probably be Beauty and the Beast, and then the fifth one, Maleficent. Right, you're a Maleficent family. Maleficent was okay. Kind of set um, the bar for villain origin stories. Yeah. So Emma Stone came out right after this movie and says she wants to play Ursula. Not gonna happen no. because you can't you can't do that you can't double dip. Does this could this set up an Ursula solo movie? And if so, would you want to see that? Is it necessary? I mean, are they gonna do one since they're doing a live action? Uh, Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid and Ursula is Melissa McCartney. I like, honestly think that that Little Mermaid movie is gonna tank. I haven't heard anything other than they no. have a cast. You know, I haven't even seen first looks for it, and maybe that's because of COVID. But I'd like to see like a dark and creepy, you know, Ursula preview, like prequel movie. Ursula, that would be cool. We're getting a guest uh, on in the few series. Yeah. You know, who else is um, there? Like they're never going to, I don't think they're ever going to touch Pocahontas. No. Um, uh, I'd like, because, to, I'd like to see the, the villain from Princess Little Frog get a series. That would be. Yeah, Super the dope. the voodoo guy. Yeah, I'd really love that, to see that. That would work. That would work. Or even a Captain um, Hook, you know, rise to glory. There, Disney loves pirates. I'm trying to think. Well, they're doing a, a new Peter Pan movie. Disney is. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yara Shahidi's is playing um, Tink. I know that one. And uh, Jude Law's playing Captain Hook. Yeah, but like, I want to see like the rise of Captain Hook, like how he met Shmi. Give me that story. So I'm trying to think what what would be cool, but like I said, the Prince of the Frog would be really 
dope, but I don't think a lot of people know that. Well, they need to. Um, I mean, number one, yeah. it's exploring a whole nother part and a whole nother universe in, you know, American history. Uh, number two, mm-hmm. it's currently the only black princess. And number three, she's getting her own world in Disney World. Like, they're turning a bunch of, like, what, Splash Mountain? Space Mountain? Yeah. Yeah, into the princess yeah, in the sure. frog world. They need mm-hmm. to do it. And you know what's going to happen. They're going to do a live action Frozen. <sighs> and it's going to be ridiculous. They don't need to do that. Like, yeah. I don't need an, a live-action Olaf movie. Now, if any... I mean, one I've been thinking... And if they, they if it's done right, it could be well done. It's live-action Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I think that would scare the shit out of kids. I'm here for it. Like, I'm, I'm absolutely... Yeah, I'm here for it 100%. I want James Wan to do it. And, you know, Vera Farmiga can be in it. She can play Sally. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, I just saw Conjuring. So, uh, I'm high on Vera Farmiga again. But yeah, man, uh, that's it, man. I'm going to give this a 5 out of 5 for me. Um, 5 out of 5 is bold f- for me to say. I'll go 4.5. Alright, well, well, okay. An A plus to an A. I'm with you. Oh, it's definitely great. It's, it's a great movie. But that's it, man. We're going to get out of here next week. Coming back. Talking comic books. We're talking adaptations. Sweet Tooth. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, spoiler alert. I'm loving it. I loved it. Finished it. You watched it. We're going to talk about it. So, yeah, we'll be back with that. Then we're going to do Lucifer, so watch that. But we'll be back next week. Fun new episode. Follow us on social media. The Active Geek Podcast on all social media. We're on every podcast directory. Galaxy Wars did not stop making podcasts. We've just been busy. We'll be back next week. We've got a new show on the network. Uh, it's six years in the making. Uh, friend of the podcast, Dan, is now Active Geek Family. Cage My IQ at you know, the best place for MMA content available on YouTube and Anchor and all podcast directories. Has found a new home on Active Geek Productions. It is an Active Geek produced property. You can see him on YouTube. You can see him. You can listen to him everywhere. He does hardest working man in MMA. H- work, works harder than Dana White. <laughs> <laughs> I do shows with him on Thursdays. He's got another co-host. He's got interviews out the ass. So if you're into MMA, anything combat sports, uh, check out Cage My IQ. And that's it, man. We'll be back next week with Sweet Tooth for the Active Geek Podcast. I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.